So as I said to the, the children, we continue our series of longing to belong. And it's covering our membership vows, uh, that we belong to the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts. We've covered those three today, our service. And the text I wanted to share with you that helps us look at what does it mean to, to be servants and to share uh, with our service to God is a, a story from the Gospel of Mark. It is a story of these two brothers, James and John. So stand with me, if you will, and we'll hear these words from the Gospel. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you. And Jesus said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? And he said to them, they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, when you come in glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand, my left, is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. Now when the ten heard this, they began to be very angry with James and John. So Jesus called them together and said to them, Now you know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become a great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave to all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we interviewed three of the servants in our church uh, this week uh, because we've been going to be looking uh, in the sermon today about uh, longing to belong through service. And we asked these three people, uh, what is it that motivates you to serve and how does it feel after you've served? Let's listen to their witness. Hey, Bob. Hey. You got a minute? Come off the ladder. I want to ask you a question. What's that? So I'm preaching this Sunday, and we're talking about serving the church. And here you are, climbing up ladders, changing lights, fixtures, and all. What is it that motivates you to come and serve the church in this way? Well, Milton, for many years, I worked in facility maintenance. And I guess about late last year, early this year, I joined the trustee committee again. Mm. And the trustees are responsible for the buildings and the facilities and 
Through that, we help the staff by keeping the place running properly, and then we help the members of the church so they don't have to look at things that might be run down or broken, and we also try to help the newcomers and visitors that come in so they see a place that's taken care of and know that we care. Well, that's a great, great thing. So I want to just ask this last question. So after a day of climbing up ladders and changing all these light fixtures and ballast and things like that, and you're heading home, what, how does that feel? How does that feel after spending a day here serving? Well, I enjoy fixing things. So when I find something broken or in need, I guess it's just a, a habit that I want to do something about it. And it, um, it's nice to learn something new. We've got some new technology going in, especially with the lighting getting rid of some of the older stuff and uh, saving energy as well. So hopefully the we're using the resources of the church in a better way when it's all said and done. And just I'm just one of a few trustees that uh, look after about 18 different systems inside the buildings. Oh. And then there's another 12 systems outside. So with all of that, there's never a dull moment. Yeah. Well, you're living up to your, your T-shirt that says serve. And we want to thank you for serving, Bob. Appreciate uh, it. Glad to do it. Okay, I'm here with my friend Andrew Burrell. And Andrew, you, you sit back at the soundboard in the sanctuary every Sunday. I see you there. And you're, you're in front of all these buttons and dials, pu pushing and pulling things and turning them. And it makes us sound good and look good. So um, tell me, what is it that motivated you to decide that would be a good thing for you to do to serve? Um, the first thing that motivated me was about five years of getting elbowed of, hey, they need help, and, um, and, and finally uh, answering the call to, to help. And then um, the other thing is I, I'm always interested in how things go together and how they work, and uh, I'm not the most extroverted person. Um, so being able to, to help in a certain way without necessarily having to talk to anybody uh, kind of appealed to me in, in a way to serve and, and help that way. Wow. And I know that this is kind of maybe a stretch for you to appear before me, so I want to thank you. So you've been there. We've done the service uh, before COVID-19. We did three services. You were there usually for all or most of them. And now while we're doing these services and recording them, we finish it up. The ministers are leaving. There you are at the soundboard, closing things down and starting to head home. What kind of feelings do you have after a day like that of helping us do this? Um, with that, it, it's kind of that, that feeling of I actually help make a difference and help kind of spread the word and get it out there. And, and now that people are you know, not attending church in person but are watching online, uh, being able to reach more people than, than I normally would have and, and just you know knocking on doors or walking down the street and saying, hey, I have some messages for you. What motivates me to serve in the church is I believe we've all been called to love God and serve people. And I think this is my calling right now, to serve in the church. Whether it be at the physical address of Sun Creek Drive or with somebody else individually, just to help them and make their day a little bit brighter and easier. I think at the end of the day, we all just want to do what's right. and. I think we all want to make our dad happy, right? And it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. I want, at the end of this life, for him to say, job well done, my good and faithful servant. You read that text, and I've read it year after year after year, and I always felt that maybe, just maybe, James and John get a bum rap. 
uh, even, even the editors of some Bible, Bibles that we have who insert kind of uh, breaks between the par- inside the paragraph, kind of defining what this part's about. In these subheadings, a number of them uh, put this one under the subheading of an ambitious request of James and John. And, and I can understand that. It's very, very, very ambitious sounding. Um, so ambitious sounding that it caused a lot of consternation even in the early church, even at the time of the formation of writing of the Gospels. Uh, as a matter of fact, this story appears in Mark, but it also appears in Matthew. And most scholars tell us that Matthew drew a lot of his material from the Gospel of Mark. And certainly this story is almost word for word from the Gospel of Mark, except for one part. In, in Matthew's telling, um, he tells it this way. Now the mother of James and John asked Jesus. How about that? So all your moms sitting out there, I know you're nodding your head and saying, yeah, we got it. When the kids misbehave, who are you going to blame? The mother. <laughs> I, I can understand maybe your feelings. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I mean, even when you temper it with the mama asking, it didn't stop the other ten uh, disciples from being pretty upset about the request. There's a lot of internal squabbling going on, and Jesus goes over to the other ten while they're squabbling, and I think Jesus says, here is a teachable moment. And I think you'll listen in the text. He tries to teach them that that isn't how they're going to behave as his disciples. He is saying, you know, that if you want to be first, you've got to be a slave. And if you want to be the leader, you've got to be a servant. Now, I know that you can, can't maybe overstate that this is a play by James and John for power and prestige. But I want to push a little bit, and I just wonder. Here are James and John, who along with Peter, were the inner circle of the twelve. All through the gospel, when Jesus is going somewhere, he would take the three of them with him. It'll say, now Peter, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. And you'll hear that triad over and over and over again. And I think it's, it's just natural maybe for James and John, who have been so intimately related to Jesus, and they see that he's coming to the end of his earthly ministry, it just seems to me what I hear them saying also is, Jesus, we have so enjoyed our close, intimate relationship by your side. So when you come again in glory, would you promise us we can be just as close to you then as we are now? Well, Again, in the huddle, Jesus calls those ten together, and he whispers, he says these words, because he's reminding them of who he is. He says, okay, are you paying attention? Listen, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Isn't that interesting? And so for John and James and for all of us maybe listening today, and for those ten who were so disturbed, maybe we too need to listen again to the teaching of Jesus who, who said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. But still, I would want to say that most of us might want to identify with James and John. 
Who of us here would not want to say, wouldn't it be great just to be close to the side of Jesus, one side or the other, right or left? Wouldn't that just be unbelievable to feel that, that closeness? And so I want to say to us today, you want to feel close to Jesus? You want to feel what those two disciples, James and John, wanted to feel? Well, I would suggest a couple of things. First of all, if you want to feel close to Jesus, then you want to feel close to the Jesus of uh, Paul, who wrote in the second chapter of Philippians these things about Jesus. Listen, listen to what Paul says in chapter 2 of Philippians. He, Jesus, always had the nature of God, but did not think that by force he should become equal with God. Instead of this, of his own free will, he gave up all that he had and took on the nature of a servant. Jesus came as a servant leader. And that servant leader called his disciples all through his earthly ministry to follow him. You want to feel close to Jesus? Follow him as your servant leader. And you'll be close to him. You want to feel close to Jesus? You want to have that great feeling? I would suggest this. Day by day, seek to do God's will. Again, in the Gospel story, when Jesus is baptized, he's coming out of the Jordan River, and as he's coming out of the Jordan River, the clouds open up, and God intones these words for everyone to hear. He says, You are my beloved Son, and with you I am well pleased. Did, did, you, hear, did you hear what Joyce said? when we asked her, what is it that motivates you to, to serve? And, and one of her, part of her answer was that she serves because she wants to please God, her heavenly Father. And I can resonate with that. I really can. I've always thought in my own life as I've lived my life that I've always prayed and hoped that I've, I've served God in such a way that when my days on earth here are over and I'm breathing my last, that, that I will hear deep in my soul these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to please God, like Joyce. You want to have that great feeling of being close to God? Then I would suggest that you seek to answer God's call for you in your life. You need to seek to do God's will. That, when Jesus was in his ministry, over and over again, he would say to the people, I have come to do the will of my heavenly Father. And on his last day on earth in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed this prayer that most of us know. He prayed to God, not my will, but your will be done. You know, there are two words that, that uh, we use sometimes in the church uh, about serving. Sometimes we use the word volunteer, and occasionally we've used that word vocation. And they both come from a Latin word. Uh, uh, the, the first one comes from the Latin word 
volo. And that simply translates as, I will. And I would want to suggest that, you know, if you take it at its lowest common denominator, the volo attitude, the I will attitude of a volunteer would be a person who would say, well, I'm going to, I decided I'll, I'll do that. I'll do it whenever and wherever I feel like doing it, but when I'm tired of doing it, I won't do it anymore. And that's that I will thing because it's all about whose will, yours, mine, what I will to do. But that other word, that other V word is vocation. And it comes from the Latin, Latin word voco, to call, to call. And there are people I know in the church who do many things that the volunteer mentality people often do, do the same kind of things, but with a different orientation. That They are doing it because they are answering God's call. They're not doing it just because it's something they like doing or want to do. They feel they've answered God's call to do what they're doing in the church. You want to feel close to God? Seek to answer God's call in your life. I love this story that I read years and years ago, the story about Mother Teresa of Calcutta. This, this uh, news reporter had worked out a deal to uh, spend some time with her a week or so. And one day as they were walking in the streets of Calcutta, Mother Teresa saw this poor beggar laying in the gutter, half dead. And she went over there and knelt down and opened up her parcel and got some ointment and rags. And she began cleaning the wounds and washing off the filth of this dirty, stinking beggar laying in the gutter. And the reporter's just standing there dumbfounded. That night as they were eating dinner, the reporter looks at Mother Teresa and he says to her, I would have not done what you did to that beggar for a million dollars. And she looked up at him and smiled and said, neither would I. I love that answer because it speaks volumes, doesn't it? Well, what is it then? Uh, you got to ask yourself, why is she in that gutter? What does she think she's doing? And I want to tell you, I think I know what she's doing. Mother Teresa is there kneeling right at the right-hand side of Jesus Christ, who is ministering to that sick and dying beggar. And I would want to suggest that's worth more than a million dollars. She was by the side of Jesus, serving with him. And so I want to say to my friend Robert that we heard from, Robert, when you're up on that ladder dealing with those pesky lights, you're not alone. Jesus is right by your side, helping you shed light all through this church. Joyce, I want to say to you when you're there here at the church, painting those walls and doing a myriad of other uh, tasks around here, you're not doing it alone. Jesus is right by your side, encouraging you and being pleased with what you're doing. Andrew, you're sitting back there. I want you to know, right by your side, I believe Jesus is right there with you, thanking you and saying, thank you, Andrew. Through your toil and your effort and your carefulness, you are making sure my church is making a powerful and effective witness online during this time of pandemic. 
You're not alone, Andrew. And I want to say to all of us listening today, you want to feel great? There's room at the side of Jesus for plenty of us. All we have to do is take the towel of servanthood that Jesus took that night in the upper room. And in the spirit of servanthood, listen for your calling. Seek to do the will of Him who came to serve, not to be served. And in His spirit and in His name, Go out and do whatever work that is that you know will be pleasing to God. And when you do it, you know what? It'll be worth more than a million dollars because it's the greatest feeling in the world to be close by the side of the servant Jesus who said, the Son of Man came not into the world to be served, but to serve. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.